We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Most people today believe they receive eternal life and go to heaven by what they do, by their good works, by their good deeds. Most religious systems are set up based on works and the works that you do. The people that believe that are mistaken. We cannot earn salvation. Let me repeat that. We cannot earn salvation. The Bible says our good works are like filthy rags to God. Does it make sense to you that since God is good and you are mostly good, that you will go to heaven when you die? Pastor Dan today says that is false. Yes, God is good, but we aren't even close to being good without Jesus. Without Jesus, we are rotten sinners that have no hope of being allowed into heaven. On our best day, without Jesus, it's still so far away from meeting God's requirement to enter heaven. Let's remember that God requires perfection to get into heaven. Jesus is our perfection. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 19 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Matthew chapter 19, if you want to turn there in your Bible for me, Matthew chapter 19, beginning in verse 16. Now, behold, one came, said to Jesus, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And so he said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, Keep the commandments. He said to him, well, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, Go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And when his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And then Peter answered and said to him, See, 
We have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? And so Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. But remember the context here. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem and the cross to die for the sins of the world, to die for your sins and my sins. And this story in our passage today, it it appears in all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Down in verse 22, Matthew tells us this man was young. Luke tells us that he was very rich and that he was a ruler, meaning a ruler of the Jewish people. This is why he is called the rich young ruler. He was a ruler within Judaism. He was a leader among his nation, among his people, uh, possibly a member of the Sanhedrin. He had power. He had authority. He had recognition. He had influence. He had respect at a young age. In verse 16, this rich young ruler came to Jesus to ask him a question. And Mark's account of this tells us that he actually ran up to Jesus and knelt before him showing his desperation to have his question answered, falling to his knees at the feet of Jesus. In verse 16 again, it says, Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? This man was aware that he did not possess eternal life, and he was searching Even though he was rich and young and a religious ruler, he was aware that there was something more to life that he didn't have. He was aware that there was something lacking from his own life, that there was an emptiness in his life. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 says that God has put eternity into our hearts. Every one of us, God has put eternity in our hearts. Every one of us has a longing within us for something more than this life, something more than this world, a restlessness, a yearning for eternity. And this man had that yearning, and and he believed Jesus had the answer to the longing of his heart. And he believed that Jesus could tell him how to have that longing satisfied and how to have eternal life. Now, this rich young ruler believed like most people believe today that you can earn eternal life by what you do. Look at what it says in verse 16. What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Most people today believe they receive eternal life and go to heaven by what they do, by their good works, by their good deeds. Most religious systems are set up based on works and the works that you do. The people that believe that are mistaken. We cannot earn salvation. Let me repeat that. We cannot earn salvation. The Bible says our good works are like filthy rags to God. The best that you can offer on your best day is filthy rags to God. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 say, 
For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Salvation is not by works. Salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection. And God knows us. He knows if salvation were by works, we would boast in ourselves. We would boast in our works. We would say, look at all the wonderful works I've done. They're so much better than your lousy works, right? We would compare ourselves to others. We would look at others and say, I could do those works in my sleep. You know, I can run laps around that person when it comes to godly works. Now, Jesus answered the rich young ruler's question with a question in verse 17. Look what he says. He said, why do you call me good? No one is good, but one that is God. Now, Jesus is saying one of two things. He's saying, you're mistaken. I'm not good because only God is good and I'm not God. Or he is saying, I'm God. And the goodness that you see in me is because I'm divine. It's because I'm God. And Jesus is trying to get this man thinking about who he truly is. Is Jesus a man or is Jesus God? You really can't say that Jesus was only a good teacher because Jesus claimed to be God. Jesus claimed to forgive sins. He he claimed to be the only way to heaven. He claimed to be the giver of eternal life. This is the argument that C.S. Lewis made, that Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Jesus is either a liar, meaning he claimed to be God, but he was lying, and therefore he's not good, or he's a lunatic who believed he was God, but he was not, or he was indeed God incarnate and therefore worthy to be Lord of our lives. So he asked the question, why do you call me good? No one is good, but one, that is God. The goodness you see in me is because I'm God. And then Jesus answered his question directly. He says, if you want to gain eternal life by doing, you must keep the commandments. Now, the Bible says you must keep all the commandments, perfectly. If you want to be judged by what you do, you have to keep all of the commandments perfectly, which, of course, no one can do. You know, the Bible tells us the purpose of the law is really to show us our guilt before God, to show us how much we fall short of what God expects. The purpose of the law shows us our need for Jesus to save us. And look at the rich young ruler's response. Jesus said, If you want to enter into eternal life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, which ones? What a strange question to ask. Which ones? Obviously all of them. But look at how Jesus answered him in response. Jesus is so patient and gentle with this young man. He doesn't say all of them, duh. He starts to list some of the commandments. Verse 18, he said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus does something very interesting here. He quotes five of the Ten Commandments, 
And then he quotes the second greatest commandment. Uh, If you remember, Jesus said the greatest commandment is, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And he said the second greatest commandment is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said on these two commandments hangs all the law and the prophets. They sum up the law and the prophets. So what Jesus does here in verses 18 and 19 is he quotes five of the Ten Commandments, and then he quotes the second greatest commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. As you probably know, the Ten Commandments were written on two tablets of stone. The first tablet contained commandments regarding man's relationship with God. The second tablet contained commandments regarding man's relationship with his fellow man. Jesus quotes only the commandments regarding man's relationship with his fellow man and not man's relationship with God here. He's leading him somewhere. He's taking him somewhere with this. Again, he says, you shall not murder, shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Those are all commandments concerning your relationship with your fellow man. Now, look at this young man's response in verse 20. The young man said to him, well, all these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? We would throw a flag on this one, right? No one really keeps the law perfectly all the time. Not because there's something wrong with the law. The Bible says the law is holy, just, and good. There's nothing wrong with the law. There's something wrong with us. We're sinful. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. And so no one keeps the law. Perfectly, all the time. For example, no one honors their mother and father 100% of the time from the time of their birth to the time of their death. No one goes through their entire life without telling a lie or without stealing something. No one always loves their neighbor as yourself. I mean, if we're honest, we broke all those commands when we were still toddlers, before we could speak. And then in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, if you have hatred in your heart for your brethren, you're guilty of murdering them in your heart. He said, if you look at a woman with lust, you're guilty of committing adultery in your heart. So no one keeps the commandments, but this man believed he kept the law perfectly. You know, often we can have a view of ourselves that is different from God's view of us. 
often we can see ourselves as better than God sees us. But let's just say for the sake of argument that this man did keep all those commandments from his youth perfectly. He knows he still lacks eternal life. He says, what do I still lack? So here's a guy, he's very religious, he's very devout, he's very moral, but he does not have eternal life, and he knows it. He's still lacking. Now, if you're taking notes, Mark's account of this story in Mark's gospel, Mark's account tells us that when the man said this to Jesus, it says, Jesus, looking at him, loved him. Isn't that amazing? He says, I've kept the law since my youth. What do I still lack? And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, if you want to be perfect, well, then go sell what you have. Give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. You know, Jesus loves us enough to tell us the truth about ourselves. He loves us enough to speak the truth to us, even if the truth stings. He'll tell it to us straight. He says, okay, if you want eternal life, let me tell you what you need to do. Go sell what you have. Give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And then come follow me. This rich young ruler might be righteous in his relationships with his fellow man, but not in his relationship with God. Remember I said there's two tablets of the Ten Commandments. First tablet deals with your relationship with God. The first commandment of the Ten Commandments is you shall have no other gods before me. And for this man, his riches were his God. His riches were more important to him than his relationship with God. His riches came before God. His riches ruled his life. His riches were the master passion of his life, not God. The main point of what Jesus said here, the heart of what Jesus said was, follow me. If you want eternal life, follow me. Eternal life is found in Jesus Christ. Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. But for this man to follow Jesus, he must first remove from his life the thing that hindered him from following Jesus, which for him was his riches, his wealth, his possessions that he trusted in. And so what he says here to this man, this was not some universal command that applies to every person. Jesus is not saying to everyone If you want to have eternal life, you have to have a big garage sale, sell everything you own, and give all the money to the poor. This was a specific command that applied to this man because his heart was set on his riches and not on God. And his riches hindered him from following Jesus. Money was more important to him than following Jesus. That was the issue for him. If Jesus were talking to you today, he might pinpoint something else in your life that is holding you back from following him fully. He might tell you to give up something for him. He he might put his finger on something very specific in your life 
and say, I want you to get rid of this from your life because it's hindering you from following me. Or I want you to stop this activity because it's ungodly. Or I want you to remove this from your life because it has captured your heart and has become the master passion of your life instead of me. And aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that Jesus loves us so much that he will tell us the truth about ourselves? Aren't you glad that he loves us enough to put his finger on a specific issue or a specific behavior in our life that we need to forsake? And at times, the Lord will get very specific with us, won't he? There's times where he will speak to you in a way that is loud and clear, where there is no mistaking what he is telling you to do. And with this young man, it was his riches that stood in the way of him following Jesus. And please note here that Jesus did not say to this man, you need to develop a better balance in your life between your riches and God. He did not say you need to reprioritize things and make God a bigger priority than he is right now. He didn't say you need to reimagine the role of your riches in your life. He didn't say, here's some simple baby steps you can take. He didn't say, here's some micro adjustments you can make to your current behavior. No, Jesus said, forsake it. Get rid of it. Remove it from your life. Sell it all and give the money to the poor. Then you'll be free to follow Jesus. I mean, this is like when Jesus said, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Dramatic action. Remove it from your life. If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then you can come follow me. But then verse 22, but when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. This is so tragic. It's just so tragic, isn't it? Here's what happens. Pay attention. Please, please tune in. Jesus put his finger on something specific in this man's life that he needed to get rid of because it was keeping him from following Christ fully. And instead of obeying the Lord, he left. He left. He was not willing to give up that which Jesus asked him to give up. He chose to disobey the Lord and leave and just walk away. Wow. And it says he went away sorrowful. The word sorrowful, it means to be greatly distressed. Greatly distressed. And why was he greatly distressed? Because he knew deep down in his heart he was choosing to disobey Jesus Christ. Walking in disobedience to the Lord is distressing. It's distressing. The great evangelist of the 19th century, D.L. Moody, said, there will be no peace in any soul until it is willing to obey the voice of God. There will be no peace in any soul until it is willing to obey the voice of God. And that's true. When someone knowingly walks in disobedience to the Lord, it steals their peace. It steals their peace. 
It leaves them distressed. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, and he has more to share with you next time. How is what you're hearing from this book landing in your heart? If there's anything that's prompting you to seek out more questions or to ask for prayer in any way, would you be willing to give us a call and talk to us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever you might be wondering or thinking about. Our number is 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from this first book of the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to teach on for Matthew, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue growing. There's so much to appreciate by reading God's Word. We hope you'll tune in next time and be a part of our listening audience right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes Reach to